It's Monday, February 8 in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of Tech Talk and Accessible World. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, technology again, as we usually do, but from a slightly different angle. And to introduce our guest tonight, here's John Gassman. Our guest tonight is David Goldfield. And David Goldfield is probably one of the most active individuals on email lists all over the world. Uh, he has, uh, and he'll be, he'll be talking a lot about that, but... Uh, he has a number of different lists available on a number of different subjects. Uh, one of the ones I think a lot of us really enjoy is his list by which you can find out what's going on in the world of assistive technology. And he'll, he'll talk about a lot of those as we move through uh, this evening. And so it is my pleasure to welcome to Tech Talk, David Goldfield. Thank you, John. <clears throat> and thank you, Larry. Hi, everyone. It's David. And um, I first really would uh, like to thank John for uh, contacting me several weeks ago to even invite me to this virtual table, so to speak. I've been listening to Tech Talk off and on for many years. It's been on for quite some time, very faithful and doing technology presentations once a week. And um, I'm actually still getting over my shock in being invited to talk to all of you, because usually in this virtual space are the likes of founders and support representatives of some of the biggest companies in our industry, people like, you know, Eric Damry and folks from Mystic Access and Barry Scheuer and all kinds of really big, big names and um, when I got a request to speak, you know, I was kind of like, what happened? Did, did somebody cancel? Because um, I, I never expected to be on here unless I started my own screen reader or technology company, uh, neither of which is the case. Um, I will give you a bit of trivia. I nearly did start uh, my own screen reader along with someone else back in the 90s, but it never happened because I actually talked my partner out of doing it uh, because I knew it was going to be a bigger bigger Pandora's box than she had realized. I'll tell you guys that story if you're interested. Um, so I actually would have founded a tech company, but I realized it was going to be a much bigger venture. But anyway, um, so John initially wanted to know if I might be interested in you know, maybe just talking about the lists that I run and a little bit about my career. And um, they do kind of coincide. Uh, so I, I do run several lists, uh, some of which some of you know about. And I'll say right off the bat that I'll give you the subscription information, but you don't have to worry about scrambling to record it or write it down because you can find it on my website. So if you go to davidgoldfield.org, which is just my full name, david, G-O-L-D-F-I-E-L-D.org, there's a link on the main page that says, uh, I think it says my mailing lists. If you go on there, you'll see a very nicely formatted page with headings for each list. Um, and along with a link to subscribe, as well as a link to read previous archives. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know if I want to go on this list because I don't know what kind of stuff has already been on it. And I don't know if I'll be interested. You can jump to the archives of any of my lists right from that page. So again, it's davidgoldfield.org. You can go to the My Lists link and you can get all the subscription information you want. The, the main list that I run that I'm the most pleased with is uh, called Tech VI, which is actually the word tech, T-E-C-H dash VI for visually impaired. And um, what I do is um, this is something like if any of you remember Amy Rule, uh, she ran a list in, I think it was the late 90s called Amy's Filters and Forwards. After a while, it was not free, but it was well worth the $20 a year or whatever it was that she charged. And to be quite honest, I wish it were that it was still around. So what Amy would do is she was 
like me on a lot of mailing lists. And she would take all of the announcements about new products and new upgrades, new services and all kinds of cool stuff. And she would forward them, uh, which is why it was called Amy's Filters and Forwards, because she would filter them out and go through these tons of messages. And she would forward about eight to 10 messages a day. And um, the list after probably a few years went away. Um, you know, just, just due to other things going on. And um, I had always missed that list and quite frankly still do. And I always wanted to see it come back. And uh, that's a little bit of what inspired the tech VI list. Uh, I'm on a lot of lists, probably more than I should be. And um, I, you know, collect different announcements and uh, news about new products or upgrades or, you know, sometimes tips and tricks and how-to articles and all kinds of webinars and conferences. And I send information like that out to the list. In a way, I've been kind of doing this off and on since I started working in this field 30 years ago. Um, So, When I first started professionally in this field, I worked for a company called Blazy Engineering, which many of you um, who are above a certain age are probably familiar with. They're really not around anymore. They're kind of now, they kind of got swallowed up by Freedom Scientific. And the products that made Blazy Engineering famous are pretty much gone. Um, But the legacy still remains and you can still see it in a lot of the products that are out today. They made little handheld computers that are commonly referred to as note takers. Uh, it's a name I actually don't like uh, because I think note taker, I, I think that to call a Braille note or a Polaris a note taker is kind of like calling your Windows 10 computer a calculator. Um, you you can call it that, but if you refer to your Windows 10 computer or your iPhone as a calculator, uh, it, it, it really understates the power and value of the device. But Blazy was a company that made these note takers. They weren't the first, but I think they were the first to really make them affordable, more so than they used to be and really easy to use, and really put that concept on the map in a way that I think other companies prior to them really didn't. And um, I worked for them primarily doing tech support. But I would, on different groups that I was on even at that time in the 90s, I would get updates and different announcements uh, about new products, and I would send them to coworkers. Um, who worked at the company, many of whom were cited uh, and who weren't users of this stuff. But I kind of thought, you know, hey, if they work here and they're doing sales or, you know, whatever it is they're doing, they probably ought to know a little bit about what's going on. How much of them really cared, I couldn't tell you to this day. I don't know that most of the cited users that I sent this to really cared that Duxbury was coming out with a new version or that JAWS for Windows 1.0 was about to come out um, or that it was going to add this or that new feature. But it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And then uh, for uh, from the late 90s until 2016, I worked at two uh, nonprofit agencies doing product training, first with blind children and then later on with blind kids and then adults. And I would do the same thing. I would send uh, some blind, but I would say mostly sighted coworkers, just info about things that were going on in the blindness assistive tech space. Um, I don't know how many of them cared, but I cared. And I kind of thought they might want to know about this. No one actually told me to stop or, you know, go away or stop sending me all this spam. So I just kept doing it. And, um, Uh, eventually I left that field, uh, not because I didn't like it, but I just got a different kind of job and started doing something else, uh, which is where I am now working for Comcast, 
Most of you probably have heard of Comcast or know of Comcast, but they're uh, a company that provides, they're known for cable TV, but they also do broadband internet and um, home phone, cell phone, home security. I work as a member uh, of their accessibility team as a product manager um, working on the different websites and apps that Comcast produces, making sure that they're accessible. And um, I started doing a lot of uh, some of that for coworkers, not so much through email, but on our uh, Slack or uh, now that we use uh, Teams uh, for the accessibility team. And I was also sending out different announcements on mailing lists. And I'd been kind of thinking for a while that maybe I should just do my own mailing list um, where I could make it an announce-only list, send out announcements, and if people didn't like it, then that was fine. And if people subscribed and did like it, then that would give me a clue that maybe there's a need and a desire for this. Um, I was pretty surprised at how quickly that list grew and we're now, as of this recording, are up to about 474 members. It's not huge. Uh, there are mailing lists with a considerable, um, considerably larger amount of subscribers. Um, and like all lists, sometimes people leave and new people join. But it's been at around 460 to 475 subscribers, and hopefully we can get more. Um, it is free. Uh, I, unlike Amy's list, uh, she was very justified in charging, but I really don't want to do that because I think it would just become an administrative nightmare. Um, ironically, if I had charged what she was charging, I would probably have some pretty decent pocket change by now. Um, but it's just not something that I want to deal with. Um, I also run a few other lists and I started them really out of necessity. Sometimes necessity really is the mother of invention. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you start a list because you need it for yourself. And at one point last year, I had a, I ran into a problem and I can't remember what it is now, but it was a, an issue with office and I didn't know where to ask it. Um, I, I didn't want to ask it on the Windows 10 list because it wasn't really a Windows 10 question. And I'm really careful about making sure that my messages are relevant to the list that I'm posting on. Um, it really bugs me when I see people deliberately leaving off-topic messages. They'll say, well, I know this is off-topic, but... And I'm kind of like, well, then don't post it. So I didn't want to do that. Um, I could have gone on a few general blind techie lists, but I realized we didn't have at the time a dedicated mailing list dealing specifically and exclusively with office programs. And uh, I didn't know if other people would feel that way, but I started um, an office list and it also really grew and as of, I have stats, we have about 304 members as of now. Um, and we, we get a few subscribers now and then. The name of the list is Office-Accessibility. And the name of the Tech VI list is Tech-VI. And they're both on Groups.io. Um, now that Groups.io is going to start charging for lists uh, lists that are newly created, by the way, I need to make sure I specify that. Um, for lists that have been up there for a while, uh, this is not, they're not going to be affected. But if you create a new list and you get more than 100 members, I believe they're going to start charging. I don't agree with that, but I, I also am a firm believer that businesses should do what they want to do, and the consumers are the ones who uh, make a statement by either buying the service or not. So, um, but for the moment, those two lists are on groups.io. Uh, last March, when many of us went on lockdown due to the pandemic, I realized that we 
don't have a dedicated list specifically for blind and visually impaired people to talk about Zoom. Many of us have known about Zoom for many years, way before a lot of sighted people had heard about it. I first heard about it maybe a few years ago from Laura Legendary's blog, and she wrote about this program called Zoom and how accessible it was. Uh, So I credit her for alerting me to that. I had never heard of it, but I thought, well, let me let me try it. And it was even then very accessible. And but even by then, lots of people were were starting to use it in the blind community. So in many ways, I mean, we knew a lot more about it than many sighted people did. It wasn't until last March that Zoom really took off uh, because of the pandemic. So I knew that we needed a list for Zoom, and I started that on groups.io. I'm not, ironically, very active on that list, but there are other users who really know their stuff, and I just kind of let them do their thing. Uh, And I knew that that list would take off and grow because of the popularity of Zoom. What I didn't count on was how quickly the, the Zoom list would take off. That genuinely surprised me. So now uh, the Zoom list is up to 394 members. Obviously that could change at any time if lots of people leave or more people join, but that's about where we are now. And the name of that list is called Zoom Users. Uh, It's actually Zoom-Users on groups.io. That name, by the way, came back to haunt me because several sighted people joined that list not realizing that it was an accessibility list. So they joined the list, and all of a sudden they're being bombarded with screen reader-specific questions. And there was a little bit of a small debate about, you know, not whether sighted people should be on the list, but it was kind of like, hey, this is our list, and we want to talk about it from a screen reader perspective. And I didn't want to limit it to that, even though that was my initial uh, goal is to kind of make it a, a more blind friendly list. So I, um, fortunately that's died down now. And um, I think people are learning to coexist on that list. It wasn't really too bad, but there were, there, there was one sighted person who not realizing it was a blind specific list for which I take credit for that mistake. You know, there were some people that were giving cited sort of instructions about click this and then blind people would go, uh, Hey, we can't click and you need to give us keyboard commands. So um, I've tried to be a little bit more careful about the names that I give for these lists. Um, Because I've been doing a lot with Microsoft teams I decided to start a Teams list because I didn't know of one that was already available, and I called that Teams-Access, also on groups.io. As of now, it's up to 89 members, and there are some people on that list who also really know their stuff, including uh, Doug Lee, who I don't know personally, but he's written some free scripts for Teams, and he knows it really well. And uh, he he gives support on that list, uh, as do I when I have the time uh, to do it. Um, I also, and I don't know if I'm really going to keep this around, uh, for a while I was using Slack a lot, and I don't use it anymore. And to be perfectly blunt, I really don't like the application, but I started a list called Blind Slackers. Uh, blind-slackers at groups.io. And I think that has, that only has 13 members, which doesn't really surprise me. A, Slack is not necessarily the most popular application in the blind community. I think more people are using Teams. To be quite honest, I'm not really even using it all that much because I'm not a big Slack fan. Uh, I never was really crazy about it, Um, but I started it because I thought maybe I could help some people and maybe we could get some people who know more than I do who could help out 
Um, but it really hasn't generated a lot of traffic. And I may pull that list down and repurpose it for something else. Um, and the last list that I run will probably be a very little interest to most people. Oh, no, that's not true. I lied. Um, the, the next list on my list of lists is um, a list for the Philadelphia Computer Users Group for the Blind, which I run and moderate. Um, I had started that in around maybe 2013 because while there was a Philly users group in the 90s, it kind of went away for reasons that I've never been able to get a good explanation for. And I was teaching a lot of adults at a blindness agency in how to use computers and iPhones and you know, and and then I would teach them and then, you know, they would go away. They would go off and their classes would be done. And it occurred to me, we really need a Philly computer users group. Someone needs to start that so that all of these people that I've taught along with other blind people in Philly, which is a pretty big city with a lot of, you know, blind folks, just like any other city, um, those people need a computer users group and someone needs to do that. Now, a lot of times whenever I say somebody needs to do this, you better watch out when you say that because either someone near you or a voice in your head is going to say, yeah, someone needs to do it. So why don't you be that someone to do it? And um, in my case, it was, you know, a voice in my head that was saying, yeah, maybe you should do it. So I did. And uh, we have bi-monthly Zoom meetings. It's a pretty small group. It really hasn't grown considerably. We do have some members outside of Philly. Anybody's welcome to join, but it was primarily set up for folks in the Philly area. The, the, the next group is not a techie group at all. Um, I happen to be uh, a fan of Larry King, who many of you know uh, passed away uh, on January 23rd. And uh, he was really kind of a one of my favorite radio personalities in the 70s and 80s when he was on Mutual. Um, many people know him from CNN, but to me, you know, Larry King was really in his element. Uh, with his radio show even more so. And uh, I started a list which really only has two members because it's such a new list uh, called Larry King Fans, also on groups.io, which is Larry King-fans at groups.io. And uh, the purpose of the list is to share memories, but also where it is legally permitted to do so, to share recordings, particularly of his radio shows, most of which are probably lost unless you, you know, are a collector. I am. Um, there's so much history that is lost because of the interviews that he's done because he used to interview people for an hour to an hour and a half and then take phone calls for an hour and a half. There's so much that you can learn about people by doing that. And he interviewed so many interesting and famous people. I used to have what would have been a very prized a uh, wonderful Larry King collection when I was a teenager with some really remarkable stuff. Unfortunately, as just like a lot of teenagers, I was a little bit impulsive and decided that I was going to erase this collection for audios of Star Trek episodes. Um, the irony is that now I can legally stream any Star Trek episode that I want, but all of those Larry King episodes are gone, possibly never to be heard again. But, you know, hey, I was I was in my late teens and early 20s, and at the time, Star Trek just took priority. Um, on Google Groups, uh, because I, I'm not creating groups on groups.io anymore, um, because I if they get up to more than 100 people, I don't want to pay 20 bucks a month for it. It's just not something I want to do. But I did start just tonight, and I don't have the addresses yet. Um, I decided to start a group for people who are blind, who are dealing with perhaps new or unexpected 
hearing loss. Now, I know there are groups for those who are deafblind or for blind people who are profoundly deaf. What I'm envisioning is a group for people who are blind who, until very recently, perhaps had normal hearing, but then suffered unexpected, you know, maybe the sudden, what is it called, sensory neural hearing loss. Um, not do not people who were necessarily born that way so that we could have a support group to kind of talk about, you know, Hey, what did your doctors tell you? What did you do a trans tympanic uh, injection? And if you're wondering why I created this, um, this actually was my experience. I had very good quote unquote, normal hearing, uh, no genetic occurrences of deafness in my family at all, as far as I know, until about five years ago uh, when I had uh, unexpected uh, hearing loss in my right ear, which has fortunately stabilized, um, but it's not quite the same. Uh, And I'm kind of one of those people that I don't need hearing aids. And at the moment, I don't even need a hearing amplifier. Uh, So many people don't even know that I have it but I have difficulties localizing sound. Basically the low frequencies in my right ear are just gone. Um, And I'm not even often aware of it because my left ear compensates really well. So I thought, well, I know other people have gone through this and uh, I blind people who go through this unexpectedly have very different needs and concerns in in a way that sighted people don't. So I I started that. And the other list that I want to start that has nothing whatsoever to do with blindness or technology, um, believe it or not, I am actually interested in things other than technology, um, is I'm going to start a list for fans of Babylon 5, which I won't go into too much detail here because it'll get me off course. And But Babylon 5 is a science fiction show that was on in the 90s. And for what it's worth, it is my all-time favorite science fiction show. It's one of those shows that I watch over again about once every one to two years. And I'd like to start uh, a list for that show. It's some of the best storytelling that I think that has ever been on television if you're into science fiction Uh, I like it better than Star Trek and better than other sci-fi shows. That's just me. Um, But so I'll probably start that as well. That's a little bit about kind of where I've been career wise and how I'm expressing my interests with the lists that I've created and the ones that I'm considering creating. And uh, with that, I would actually like to stop talking for a bit and just entertain questions or comments. So John, Larry, however you want to handle that, I will leave that in your hands. We'll go ahead and ask people to raise hands. While they're doing that, a couple of comments based on what you've said. Uh, I, I love your tech list because as busy as I am with so many things going on, I hear a lot about stuff, but... Not all the time. And often I'll say, hey, John, did you know about so-and-so and so-and-so? And so? Yeah, yeah, it's on, uh, it's on David's uh, lists. He just sent something out about it. But it's great for me because I can't always know what's going on. So I love the fact that you're doing a list about lists. Uh, and specifically, the Larry, Larry King has been uh, someone that we, we've actually met him on. We met him on two or three occasions because of the radio thing that we do. We, in fact, we planned and did our old-time radio show for him when he was here in Los Angeles. And it was well done. And he did it just as a great job. So I'm very excited to know that you've started this list. And you will probably get a few more members based on people that we tell about it as well, because a lot of us have reminiscences about Larry King. So that's terrific. There are a couple of hands. Thanks. Ron, uh, maybe you can help us with this, and we'll okay. entertain some questions. Looks like Bobby Vinton is the first. Hey, Bobby, I love your records. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> now the problem is Bobby's way too young to <laughs> oh, even know what I, you're talking I, about. I muted. Oh, blue on blue, especially. Isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, is, it, is it blue velvet as well? We can hear you, Bobby. Oh, go, I don't know. Go ahead, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, you can hear me now, right? 
What did you say? No, I'm kidding. Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> That's another list, Bobby. <laughs> go, go ahead, Bobby. Go ahead, Bobby. I, I, I got an inch. <laughs> Have you? What can I do for you, Bobby? Putting your list on freelist.org or no, because freelist is free, and I'm happy you're, you know, putting all these lists together. I haven't joined any of your lists because I kind of didn't know which ones were, you know, available. But now that I know, I might join one of them. But freelist is totally free, and I don't know, you know, if they're if it's going to stay free. But there's no charges in joining. Yeah, you're right. And let me say this. Uh, I I have a lot of experience with free lists. Uh, The Philadelphia Computer Users Group for the Blinds list was on free lists before I moved it to groups.io. Free lists for me, and I'm only speaking for myself, from an administrative point of view, was a miserable, nightmarish experience. And when I moved off of groups.io, um, it, I, I, it was a breath of fresh air. And even from a user's point of view, the act of joining a list while it's doable is a little bit more complicated than it used to be. So, you know, I'm glad free lists exist and I don't want to see it go anywhere, but from a list owner's point of view, it's terrible. Um, I, I agree, and I, 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 I have a. I'm running one list, and it's not even on Groups.io yet, but it will be, I think, yeah. eventually. But ACB just moved all their stuff, all their lists over to Groups.io, and from everything I've heard in conversations we've had with the people who run ACB Radio, of which we're a part, they say it's night and day, and you can tell it's it's probably maybe some of the best venues for running lists ever it's terrific yeah it, it, groups.io is great it's it it you know as far as accessibility i wouldn't give it an a plus i'd give it a b or a b minus but you can there, usually it, find it, your way around if you look hard enough it's, it's yeah it's not like it's yeah. insurmountable you you got to know your screen reader and you kind of get used to the interface but once you do that it's it's pretty good. And I suspect that the owner of groups.io, whose name I believe is Mark Fletcher, is probably going to be better about perhaps fixing issues than um, than the guys at uh, Freelists. But Freelists is, you know, is good for what it is. I'm glad it's there. Um, I think I'm on a few Freelists groups. I think the Bookshare list may still be on free lists, uh, but I'm not sure about that. So it's, yeah, Bobby, I, I, I'm glad it's there. Um, I'd love something more like groups.io rather than Google groups. Uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I appreciate your, your suggestion though. One of the, one of the cool things about groups.io that I didn't know about was that I decided yesterday because I've been trying to go gradually from my Roadrunner email address to my Gmail address because when I travel, I can't always send using Roadrunner, but I can with Gmail. It, you know, it gets blocked in hotels and other places. So I've been trying to get everything over to Gmail. And yesterday I thought, God, I really don't want to have to go through the hassle of unsubscribing and subscribing and unsubscribing and subscribing. And I found there's a merge feature in that allowed me to to take all the lists that I'm on through Roadrunner and merge them and and moved everything over to Gmail so I only had to t- like take a couple steps and it was all done for me and I don't know if it's that way on other lists but it certainly is with groups.io made my life a lot easier that's very cool yeah 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 I don't have that much to say but the guy um that owns freelist his name is John Madden and that's right. Yeah. That's all he's, I had. Been to very really nice say. to me. Um, the other problem that I had with free lists on the Philly computer users group, um, and this was a maddening issue to troubleshoot, was that some users, if they have a gmail.com address and if they were using Outlook, so it had to be those particular variables, right? So you're, you have a Gmail address and you use Microsoft Outlook 
to get your Gmail, many of them, and, and they were telling the truth because I duplicated this. A lot of them were reporting that some of my messages, particularly where I was pasting announcements, were coming up as being totally blank. And they were right. And I didn't know whether whether the weak link in the chain was something weird with Gmail or Outlook, or at the time I was using Thunderbird, uh, which I don't anymore because since I got a new laptop, I'm now able to use Outlook with some pretty good performance. And and but so I didn't know which one it was, and I would try to do all kinds of troubleshooting and you know, trying to change different settings. And I wrote to John Madden and he gave me some ideas, but I just could never figure it out. Oh, and it only happened when I would send email from my outlook.com address. If I sent email from another provider, everything was fine. So I didn't know whether it was something weird with outlook.com or Thunderbird I just basically worked around it by just saying, okay, if I'm going to paste an announcement, I'll just send it from my Comcast.net account. And no one ever got any blank lines. And But it was maddening because this went on, on off and on for years. And when I went to groups.io, the problem totally went away. So uh, I'm wow. not, not blaming John Madden, not saying free lists, <laughs> you know, isn't necessarily the culprit, but it only happened on that free list group and uh i had spent a long time trying to troubleshoot it so now that i don't have to deal with this nonsense with groups.io it would be you know it, free lists would really have to make a lot of changes in their interface for me to go back to them it's it's funny because you you mentioned that and we've had issues for the last couple of years using eudora which I loved, but I'd moved away from an event, you know. But this, after about a year, anything that came out of ACB, the subject I would never see, and yeah. I would, and there was something else I would never see. Oh, the timestamp. And this is when ACB was using another service, you know. As soon as they went to Groups.io about two weeks ago, both of those issues went away. Wow. Subject was there. Group stamp was there, and so now every, everything is now. If I go back to an earlier email, you know, from the other list, I don't see the subject matter and I don't see the timestamp. But since this has happened, everything is seen. Now, it doesn't bother me anymore because I'm using Outlook and, by the way, Gmail, and everything's yeah. working fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just weird. We couldn't figure out what it was, and obviously, it had something to do with the list. Yep. It's it's maddening. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, you know, one other visually impaired Gmail user who would say, well, I'm not going through it. And I would say, yeah, but that's because she was actually using the gmail.com web interface. Okay. So she was never experiencing a problem. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why things were so weird with free lists with, you know, me using my outlook.com with Thunderbird uh, – and and Gmail users without look seeing blank yeah. messages. It was just it was maddening. We have another hand, do we not, Ron? Right. Uh, actually, it's it's me. I'm unmuted. Mm. Uh, Ibrahim. Hey, Ibrahim. Oh. Hey, David. Uh, I'm on a lot of your lists and all great. So thanks for that. You're um, welcome. I have a couple of questions. Since you mentioned Comcast, uh, I do have Comcast as my internet provider right now. Yeah, and I was wondering if you could recommend a good um, speed test mm -hmm. app. I downloaded the one by Ukala, <clears throat> and uh, when I was setting it up, I didn't like like the something they said that they were going to um, like track a lot of my personal data and things like that. So it sounded pretty creepy, so I deleted it. Well, Comcast actually, we we have our own speed test app. Um, okay that you can get to with the XFi app. Now, I will be honest and say that at the moment, it is technically accessible. I mean, everything is labeled, everything is readable. What we're not doing, and we used to do this, but they, they've made some uh, changes that we're still working with them on. You're not going to hear everything automatically coming through as far as, hey, your test is done, here's your download speed, here's your upload speed. 
Um, I think you'll know when the results page loads, but it doesn't read it automatically. But that being said, you can use the XFi app to, you can actually do two different speed tests. So you can do a speed test from the gateway to your device, whether it's a phone or computer. Okay. You can also do a speed test to your gateway to make sure that the gateway is actually getting the speed that okay. you're, you're paying for. Because I just got a new gateway on them. So I was thinking, they told me I have 400 on it. I'm just wondering if that's upload or download. Yeah. So if, if you're paying for 400 megabits per second, that would be your download speed. Okay. Okay. They and, didn't mention um, either way, but I'll yep, try the app you mentioned. Yep. And if you do the test from your, you know, actually to the gateway, not to the yeah. device, it yeah. should tell you that you're getting around 400. It might say 395 sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and occasionally you might even get a higher number. But as long as you're getting around 400, give yeah. or take a little bit, then you should be good. Okay. And it's called Xpinator XB, I think you said? So it used to be, well, the service is called XFi. So it's a play okay. on words with the word Wi-Fi, but instead of okay. Wi-Fi, it's XFi because the brand is mm -hmm. Xfinity. So yeah. we the app used to be called XFi, but very recently it's now called the Xfinity app because it's okay. more than just a Wi-Fi app now. But if you go okay. to the Xfinity app, uh, there's mm -hmm. an option uh, for... Um, I think it's in the connect tab, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be mistaken because I don't have all the pages memorized, but um, in the connect tab, I believe you'll see a, it'll say something like internet health, check your speeds. Okay. And then you mentioned uh, about groups. I am um, wondering if I want to start a new list, um, would I be charged or is that only after I go over the 100 people limit? My understanding, and if someone knows differently, please jump in and correct me on this. But my understanding now is that you can create a free list, but if the membership goes past 100 members, I think that they they will start to charge you. Okay, because I've heard of one called uh, MailChimp, I think, uh, but I haven't seen many people using it. Yeah, I don't know if you can create discussion groups on it, but I'm not an expert on it. So I, I don't okay. want to go out on a limb and talk about a service that I don't have a lot of experience with. Okay. And by the way, you're suggesting about my um, groups IO problem uh, works. So thank you for that. I just had an email um, cooked on it. It fixed all of it for me. So I'm getting okay. all your emails again. Thanks. Sure. That's all I have. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks no so worries. much. Thanks. Okay. okay, next we have a phone user, area code 951. That's yeah, probably Nancy. Pardon me, oh. here I go. Here I am. Uh, hi, Dave. I'd like the information about your list. I'm on too many lists myself. But would you mind give, giving us a little background about your training credentials and what you train for? Because that kind of interests me as well. Uh, I don't mind, except that I don't do training anymore. Oh, um, oh I guess that answers that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What's your next question? No, I, I'm kidding. I, I, <laughs> I, I was um, doing it for quite some time because my last role at a at a blindness agency in Philly was part time. My hours were reduced twice, meaning that my salary was reduced twice and my health benefit costs went up. As you can imagine, I was not very pleased about that. So I was really um, trying to do a lot more private training and I was more than happy to do it. I would still love to do it, but the problem is now I'm working full time, which is not a problem, but it's a problem in that it, I can't really provide the type of training that I think anybody would deserve because, you know, I'm working on Monday through Friday for eight hours a day. I, you know, I'm married. 
have other interests, as I said, beside tech. And, and I just feel that I don't have the time. And, and finally, it was my wife who said, you know, if you're not going to do any training, you should take down your training page because I used to have one on my website. And I, and I realized that she was right. So I'm, I'm really not doing it anymore. Um, um, there are, you know, and a lot of people will ask me, you know, who do you recommend? And it's hard because there's a lot of good trainers, but I don't know, you know, most of them, if, if I haven't seen them do their stuff, I I don't want to endorse them, but I would say if you are looking for a trainer, the ones that I would recommend, because I have seen them do their stuff are, um, mystic access, which I know they've been on tech talk many times um, I've used them before, you know? yep i've taken a course with them i don't know them so i don't get anything out of endorsing them or i don't get any commission if you if you go with them trust me they they hardly even know me actually but uh, i've taken a course with them they're very good teachers and their fees are actually quite reasonable um I also highly recommend, even though he's not even in this country, he can do remote training, is Brian Hartchen out of the UK. You can go to his website at hartchen.org, which is H-A-R-T-G-E-N, and is in Nancy, .org. And he is really, really good. Um, and I can't recommend his his training and his software and courses enough. Yeah. So I would Excellent. say Brian Hartchen mystic access. And to me, one of the best trainers that I've ever seen, but I don't know if she's actively taking on clients, but many of you will know the name Lisa Salinger. Yeah. She Um, was working for Hadley. I don't know if she's doing anything. I was very confident in my role when I was doing training, but if Lisa ever walked into the agency where I worked and said, I want David's job, I would just quit and say, just, just give it to her. Um, she's, she's really good. Uh, she is one of the best that I've ever seen. I just don't know if she's taking on clients, so I don't want to speak for her, but if you ever find out that she is, you're in good hands with Lisa. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Next question. Larry Lumpkin. We go back to the old Blazy engineering days. Uh, my wife, Susan, is, she used to type and speak and loved it for years. <laughs> and we think we, we remember you back to the old bulletin board days. I want to uh, maybe subscribe to your, uh, uh, to your office list. Can you give me a, the, uh, the uh, place to go to subscribe? I oh, will. So yeah. um, two things. If you, if you can remember this or take this down, I've got my orbit reader in hand right here. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, so it's office dash accessibility plus uh-huh. subscribe at the, groups.io. And of course that's the plus sign plus subscribe plus right. subscribe at, at groups.io. The groups. Groups.io. I got yeah. it. The cool thing yeah, about however, the cool thing about groups.io. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, am I am I still? No, go ahead. But I'm just going to say that the cool thing about groups.io is there's a formula there so that when you want to subscribe, they don't give you a ton of letters or or numbers that you have to utilize. It's a it's pretty formulaized. So if you get the name of the group, you know, plus subscribe at groups.io, you've got it. That's that's oh. exactly it. I love that. Yep. So if you can remember office-accessibility, you've got it. However, um, you can also go to my website, and uh, I'm not saying this to get anything out of it because I don't sell anything on there, so I make no money whatsoever. Um, But if you go to davidgoldfield.org, there's a link uh, called My Mailing Lists. In that link or on that page from that link is a list of all of the lists that are currently up there along with direct links to subscribe. Okay. And I should say that uh, wives are right most of the time. (laughs) What's that? Wives are right most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, mine is. I'll let her know you said that. I'm sure she'll she'll be 
she'll uh, be quite a fan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, she she's right, and and it was really her who convinced me. You know, look, if you're not going to do training, because I was getting emails from people saying, you know, how much do you charge, and I'd like to do training with you, and um, you know, it 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 just I just realized that I couldn't I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Because I was a programmer and worked. I taught uh, uh, computer technology at a rehab center for four years myself. Yeah, it's a great job. I loved it. And my heart has always been in support. Um, and, you know, that's how I started out. And uh, I, I enjoyed doing it. Um, that being said, I, I really want to kind of um, add this proviso that I don't do it now. There are people, and I have uh, some views on this that some may consider to be very unpopular, but um, there are people, and, and I'm sure other people in the field get this, where people will say, oh, David knows about JAWS or NVDA or how to set up a Braille and speak or whatever. I'll just write to him and he'll just help me. And I, I would ask people not to do that, um, not because I don't like helping people, but it's better to send that stuff to a public list for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that I don't have a lot of time to do one-on-one -on -one support. And I, I totally I, get uh, it. Yeah. I, I've made at least one enemy because of that, actually. And, and there are people who just don't get that. Um, but it's, it's, it's better not only for me, but it's better for the person if you do it on a list, because if you write to me, I might miss it. It could languish in my email until I get to it. And then people will be resentful because they'll say, oh, he never writes back. Um, so I love doing support, but, you know, I'm hoping, you know, that maybe the, there's a time I'll be able to do it professionally. Yeah. And occasionally at Comcast, I do it, although that's not really my, my main role. Um, but, but occasionally they'll have me, you know, contact customers if there are some real serious issues that, you know, get escalated. And I actually really love doing that. Well, we're on your, on your, on your tech buy list and it's, it's, it's a nice little, a little encapsulated, concise uh, uh, bundle of, uh, of info that you can scroll through and, and pick just what you want. I try to do that. My subjects, um, the amount of messages at some times can be a bit intense um, because it's not like the top tech tidbits where you get one guaranteed message a week. You might get, you know, seven or eight in one day. And I can always, if I send out too many, I always get at least one unsubscription. So I kind of realize like, oh, maybe I pushed someone too far. <laughs> but um, that being said, I am a fan of descriptive subjects. Oh boy. No, for sure. Nothing drives me crazier than people with vague subject lines. In fact, Help. if I get too yeah. vague of a subject, I don't always open it. Right. Um, so I promise you that if, if whoever subscribes to the list, yes, you may get a lot of emails, but you will know exactly what is there before you open it. So as an example, I might do something like, um, you know, uh, you know, webinar, uh, using jaws with teams yeah. Thursday, uh, February 4th, 12 PM. By the way, there was not a webinar yeah. on Thursday, right. if, uh, but, but right. I'm just using <laughs> that you. as an example. Um, and I always, uh, that's another thing. I always put the original, uh, source, link or uh, recipient in the message so you know where it comes yeah. from. I've got a TechVi folder. I just shuttle everything off there. That's kind. Yeah. Thank and then you. if I want to go back and look, I the, my favorite Office Outlook feature is the advanced find. I use that thing all the time. Oh, cool. Well, Very good. You. Larry, we got one more question, then we're going to take that one and then probably wrap up. But thank you so much. Okay. Rob is next. I just uh, wanted to uh, to uh, um, add that uh, I've uh, I've uh, I've been in Philly. I'm I'm actually from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, um, I don't know if you know where Overbrook School for the Blind is. Do you know where that is? I went to Overbrook School for the Blind until I was in tenth grade. 
So oh, okay. I know I know the school very well. I don't. Uh, I, I mean, they've really changed uh, since I was there about I don't know 175 something years ago, maybe. Yeah. No, um, I'm joking. But yeah, I, I'm very familiar with that school, and I have nothing but good things to say about them. It's a it, it was a wonderful experience. Met some great uh, people there. And uh, uh, it was uh, it was wonderful. That's not where I started, but that that's a school I'm very familiar with. I think I went there from uh, sixth until ninth grade. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I wanted to say. So, yeah, well, yeah that's awesome. Thank yeah, you very I'm, much. I'm born and raised in Philly, and I've only I, I now live uh, in Maryland uh, since uh, 1991 when I came to Blazy. But Philly is uh, my heart's always in that city. Well, let's hey, see. There, this is Alan. Yeah, go Alan, ahead. Can I make a quick comment? Sure. Yeah, yeah, David. This is Alan Lindley. Thanks for, for all your hard work. Uh, I've, I've been on email list for, for years and years, even before I lost my sight. And you just do such a great job of keeping people on focus, uh, constantly reiterating the importance of subject lines, and and just yeah, you know, r- running some very good lists and stuff. And I, I really appreciate it. It, mean, it means a lot for those of us that <laughs> that get five hundred plus messages a day most of which come from email list and uh uh especially with a full-time job i appreciate all your hard work and, and thanks actually i appreciate your contributions to the lists that i run i i always find your messages to be helpful and and just full of substance and so well, I, 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 I try real hard thank you for similar service actually my, my, my philosophy is if i can write it so alan can understand it maybe <laughs> maybe somebody else can understand it too so uh, yeah, that, that's so, what I, that's, uh, that's what I try to do. So, thank you, Alan. That's very yeah. kind. Subjects are people who know me, whether they, you know, some of them respect it and some of them probably don't. And 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 I've probably gotten some frustrated users out of it. But I'm I'm a real fanatic when it comes to subjects. You know, you you, yeah. you don't have to know a lot. And in, in fact, that's why these lists are there. And I am okay with the most basic question, but when I see subjects like question or problem with jaws, um, that's, I I won't read it. I mean, if it's on my list, I probably have to, but for the most part, I'll I'll just skip right by it. And I've rejected messages with the advice of, you know, please add a more, uh, you know, descriptive subject line, because I'm thinking of people who are going through hundreds of messages who are judging the message, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but there are people that judge a message by its subject. And people need to really think about that. It's fine if you only get 10 messages a day, but when you get hundreds of them, um, if I don't see a subject that that is clearly tells me what's in the message, um, I'm I'm not going to read it. I know that yeah. sounds harsh, but I'm just being blunt. Yeah. And keep, so, keep on keeping on with that. I, I think I think you got it right. So thank you, you for your do. understanding, and thanks <laughs> yeah, again yeah. for all your contributions to the oh, list sure. as well. Yeah. Dave, right, yeah. David, thank you very much for a terrific hour. It's been lots of fun. And before we wrap, why don't we uh, have you give your contact information and your website one more time? Yeah, sure. Um, so the website is just my name, David Goldfield all strung together.org. And it's more than just my lists. I have a blog mostly where I write about technology, but sometimes non-tech stuff, um, including my latest, which were my memories of Larry King. Um, sometimes I have blog posts occasionally about my Catholic faith and and, and other things. I would say most of it is um, about tech and I've been blogging for about five years um and uh some some other links to you know the lists that i run and links to my linkedin profile and twitter so anybody who needs to contact me um you can do that at davidgoldfield.org excellent by the way at its peak tonight we had about 46 people here so a lot of people interested in you and your lists and thanks Thanks. once again thanks for inviting you're welcome It's, it's been a real kick in the head but in a good way (laughs) good i'm glad to hear that (laughs) thank you larry thank you john and tell tell us about next week john 
All right. Actually, quickly, at no extra cost, I'll tell you about the next three weeks. In three weeks, we'll hear from iBug, and they basically run a Zoom uh, training session once a month where they talk about iDevices on a number of different subjects. They'll be with us in three weeks. Next week, we'll hear from Mike Calvo and Matt Campbell about their brand new company. That's in two weeks. And next week, um, Liz Weiscover uh, will join us to talk about NFB Newsline. So lots of diversified uh, tech subjects coming your way during the next three weeks. I would tell you what's happening in four weeks, but we don't know yet. We're still working on that one. So j- come in, join us again in March to find out if we've got a guest on March 8th. But that's what's happening in the next couple of weeks. All right. Excellent. Thank you all for coming. Join us next week for NFB Newsline. And thanks so much for being with us at Tech Talk.